Good morning. There are certain moments in history that are referred to as hinge moments. Times when what we've known is not what we will know. And what we will know is not yet to be. These moments, these hinge moments are those times in which we live in the creative tension between who we are and who we're called to be. This morning, we, we're launching a new series here at Eastside called Yours, Mine, and Ours, The Stories of God's People. It's the story collection in a book called The Acts of the Apostles. It's about one of the, the most definitive hinge moments in all of history. And we're living in one of those hinge moments. It's a hinge moment as around the world we're beginning to try to reopen after the shelter-in-place requirements that we faced. It's a, it's a hinge moment when in the midst of the changes in the economy, there are shifts going on, and we don't know exactly where the economy is going to land and when it's going to look different and what that different is going to be like. It's a hinge moment in terms of culture and society, when we're dealing with the resurgence of a, of a racism that is, that is institutionalized and has, has become so, so prevalent within different parts of our society, it's a hinge moment. When we're trying to begin as people who have been pulled back in order to avoid infection to now launch back out and venture forth to find what the new path is, and it's a hinge moment. Today, as we are celebrating here at Eastside Church with, with many of our high school graduates who are living in that traditional hinge moment between their time as an adolescent and their time as an adult, and how is that going to fit into their life? What's that hinge moment going to reveal for them? And, and so every time historically that people face hinge moments, they, they, have to find, they have to find their way through. And the best way to find your way through is to hear the stories of others who have heard their way through, who have worked their way through who have joined together with others to find the path that leads them, as David said in the 23rd Psalm, in paths of righteousness, paths of right living. And so this summer, we're going to spend our Sundays together looking at the stories of God's people because they're your stories, and they're my stories, and they're our stories. Listen. From Acts chapter 1 to the story of, of the hinge moment after Jesus' resurrection, the writer who recorded the gospel of Luke for us, a physician who had, who had followed the apostle Paul and served as his personal physician, but also was a part of the evangelism team that, that went from city to city and, and recounted the history of the spread of the church, now writes for us to hear, for those in the first century to hear, for a man named Theophilus to hear 
about the story, the story of Jesus and the stories of his disciples. Listen. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them during those 40 days, he, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when the disciples had come together with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. This hinge moment where Jesus ascends to be present with the Father, this hinge moment where, where Jesus had spent 40 days and nights talking to the, the disciples, explaining the scriptures to them, Th this hinge moment in, in which they hear him say, you remain in Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Spirit in your life. This hinge moment is a, is a place in which they are invited and we are invited to live into our future. For you see, hinge moments can't be lived if we're simply locked into the past. And hinge moments can't be entered into if we ignore the past. It's a combination of, of knowing from whence you have come and where you're going. And that's why hinge moments make such a difference in our lives. For those of you who are graduates, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a few things about what it means to live into your future as a graduate. For those of you who graduated so long ago you can't even remember it, I'm going to invite you to remember, dig deep into those memory banks and, and remember the things that happened. For me, every time I remember my high school graduation, I remember a girl named Peggy Scott. Peggy was a person who from the time we were freshmen until our senior year, our desks were always next to each other. Because in the alphabet, Robinson starts with an R, Scott starts with an S, and so therefore, 
Her seat was always behind me, near me, in whatever classroom we took together in that small school in Mississippi that we attended. And when we got ready for graduation, the entire last semester of our senior year, Peggy, Peggy was the person who was, I'm ready to graduate. I want to go. I'm so excited. This part of my life is over. I'm headed to the new life. But on the night of the ceremony, as we were getting ready to walk into the auditorium filled with our parents and our friends, that, that, that experience that, that, quite honestly, this year so many of our graduates, in fact, all of our graduates missed. In that experience, just as we're walking in and they're playing pomp and circumstance and we're being told by the advisor to our class when we could enter the door, just as we start in the door, I'm ready to go. It's time. We're marching to the platform when suddenly I feel, I feel my robe and it's not moving. I, I start to move forward and it pulls me back. I, I turn and I look and here's Peggy and tears are, tears are rolling down her face and, and she's clutching my graduation robe and she's saying, Carrie, I'm not ready. I don't want to graduate. Can't we just stay here? <laughs> I looked at her and I said, no way, Peggy. You've been talking for months about how we're out of here. Man, it's time. We're going. This morning, I, I want to remind you that on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were, were listening for who God wanted them to be. They had heard all the stories. Jesus had taught them so much. And yet now, now it was time. It was time to step into the future. And as they entered that hinge moment, there are some things, four things I would suggest to you that they learned that we have to learn and they are things that I'm sure will help all of us all of our life. The first thing is simply this. You have to learn to live into what you learn from Jesus. Uh, did you catch it when I read the text? The, the disciples had had 40 days of Jesus, the resurrected Christ, the one who had conquered sin and death and hell, teaching them, showing them what was going on and what the scriptures had revealed about him and who he really was. And there's an interesting phrase. I want to read it for you again. Let's listen, listen to what he said. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Why were they waiting for the promise of the Father? Because he presented himself alive to them during the 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God and showing them many proofs. There are some people who think that the only way you step into a, the future out of a hinge moment like the one we're living in is to have enough faith. If you have enough faith, you won't have any fear. But that's not the way Jesus expected the disciples to live. He spent time with them. He knew what their anxiety had been. He knew what their fear had been. He spent time teaching them who he was, showing them what the scriptures were revealing about what he was there to do. And he showed them, Luke says, by many proofs and by his teaching. I want you to understand, whatever hinge moment you're facing today, if you will if you will live into what you've learned about who Jesus is, don't, don't worry about all the things you don't know about. 
you know that Jesus is the Son of God. You know that he became flesh and dwelt among us. You know that, that while he was here on earth, he taught many people and healed many people and did many miracles, and, and he's spoken into your life. When you step from your past into your future, live into the promise that you can, you can learn, you can live into who Jesus is. The, the second thing is this, that when we live into who Jesus is, when we learn from what he's taught us, then we also discover that we can let go of what we think we know. We have to let go of what we think we know. You know now, Pastor, what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, here's the thing. When, when you're stepping from the past into the future, you know the past, and you know how things operate, and you know your expectations. For these men, these disciples, all of their life, they had been taught that when Messiah came, Messiah was going to reestablish Israel as a kingdom that would rule the world. And so now here's what they're doing. They are, they're looking at him, and they're asking him, will, will you at this time, now that you've conquered sin and death and hell, now that you have promised us the Holy Spirit, is this the time that you're going to bring the kingdom back to Israel? They were, they were the ones who were looking at that and what, what they were expecting, Jesus didn't deliver. He actually said to them, listen to it, I read it for you earlier, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, their expectation, what they thought they knew, was that Messiah had come, and now they were going to get a place in the kingdom as Israel was restored to dominance over the world. What Jesus knew was that the kingdom he was bringing was one of a heart, not of politics. In a hinge moment, in order to move from your past into the future, you not only have to remember what you've learned, but you also have to let go of what you think you know because God's got something better for you. For you high school seniors who are watching today, for the parents who have grieved with you as you have lost prom and you have lost spring athletics and you have lost senior trips and you have lost, you have lost graduation days, I, I want you to know something. As deep as those losses have been, the love of your heavenly Father is deeper, and he will restore to you all that he has for you. If you, will, if you will trust him, if you will learn from him, let go of what you think you know and step into the future. And for those of you who graduated years upon years ago, and you thought you had life all figured out, and you were ready, and you had it set, and you knew the future, and you knew what was going to happen, and, and, then, and then the whole world just fell apart. If you'll let go of what you think you know, Jesus will show you 
what he knows. He'll show you more than you could have ever dreamed possible. Because you see, the third thing you've got to do, after you learn from Jesus and after you let go of what you think you know, is you have to open yourself up to, to Jesus' ability to do what, what, what you think is impossible. You say, what are you talking about? See, there are some things that if someone asks you, could that happen? Based on what you know, it couldn't happen. Based on what you think you know, that's impossible. If you had asked the, the disciples before this day, if a, if a man who they could reach out and touch, a man with whom they could have conversation, a man that they could talk to, could physically, literally ascend, literally move the body through the air up into the glory of heaven, they would have looked at you and said, that's not possible. But this is the same Jesus who when he was born, an angel said to his mother and to his human father, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Listen to what they saw. And when Jesus had said these things, they, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. That, that word lifted up, it's a really special word. Jesus uses it in John chapter 12 to talk about the way he was going to die when he said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. It, it's the same word that, that was used in the Old Testament to talk about, about Moses when he was leading the people through the wilderness experience and he would hold up a, a, a serpent on a cross for them to see, and as, as he would hold that serpent on that staff and lead the people, he would lift it up and they would follow and they would be safe. This, if I be lifted up, is the basis of a mission statement here at Eastside Church that we've, that we've tried to fulfill for the last few decades that if we lift up Jesus Christ as Savior for the lost, as Lord of the church, as reconciler for the world, he will draw all people to himself. He will, he will help people discover hope. The story that is yours and mine and ours, the story in the hinge point of human history in 2020, the story that is the hinge point for you who are high school graduates today, this year, that, that hinge point, that story, that understanding is that what people say is impossible, Jesus can do. He can do what looks impossible to you. There are some of you, when you started high school, you didn't think you could ever accomplish graduation. You weren't sure you would ever make it to the finish line but you did. And some of you have opportunities waiting in front of you. And if you, will, if you will shut out the voices that tell you that you're not good enough, if you will shut out the voices that say you can never do that, if you will shut out the voices that attack and shame and guilt your soul, you will discover that those, those who learn from Jesus, 
Those, those who, who live into his promise. Those who, who let go of what they think they know to accept what looks to be impossible with humans and trust Jesus, discover an amazing thing. You discover that, that Jesus has the ability to do what we think is impossible. But when you see that, all of that comes down to one more choice. Listen. And while they were gazing into heaven, as Jesus went into the heavens, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When you see Jesus' ability to do the impossible, then you've got a choice to make. And the choice is really simple. Will you position yourself to be a part of his plan? Will you position yourself to be a part of his plan by, by being humble and obedient to what he's asked you to do? See, these men, these men saw God do amazing things. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna look at some of the impossible things that became possible. We're gonna look at some of the changes that people said could never happen in somebody that happened in these men because they were willing to not only learn from Jesus, that they, they were willing not only to, to let go of what they thought they knew, and they were willing not only to, to realize that Jesus can do what, what looks to be impossible with them, but they were willing to go where Jesus wanted them to go, and they were willing to stay there and wait. And when they did, God did more in their life. God showed them more than they could ever think possible. This morning, I want to pray for you, and I want to invite you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you're listening, you're, you're worshiping with us today, I want to invite you to, to pray with me. And I want to pray two ways today. I, there are two things I want to invite you to pray with me about. One is I, I want to pray for all of us who are in this hinge point of history that we will have wisdom, we will have courage to live into the promise God has for our life. But I also want you to pray that these particular high school seniors, the ones in your house, the ones in your neighborhood, the ones who are graduating in our community this year, that they, they will have that courage. And if that's you today, if you're one of those graduates from 2020, I want you to know there's one person, one pastor in a Midwestern town who is praying for you to live into the promise God has for your life. Would you pray with me today? Lord, there's so much going on in our world. There's so many stories flying around. And yet, you are the one 
You are the one who writes every story of our life if we let you. You're the one who has a promise for us. You're the one who, who knows us better than we even know ourselves. And so, Lord, for my friends today who are, who are at the hinge point of history and they're trying to figure out how the world is going to look, what's going to happen in their life as we, as we all respond to, to this global pandemic, I, I pray not only that you would comfort them and I pray not only that, that, you, would, that you would guide them, but but Lord, I pray that you would grow them, that you would grow their faith, that you would grow their understanding, that you would increase their courage. Comfort, yes. Guide, yes. But grow them, Father. Grow us all so we can walk into the future. We can live into the future that you hold in the palm of your hand for each one of us. Lord, we also ask you for these graduates. We ask you that you would calm them, that you would soothe the hurt, that you would fill them with anticipation of what you want to do in their life. Because, Father, you have a plan. You know every one of them by name. You gave them gifts and abilities, some of which they don't even recognize or know yet. Just like a group of men who were standing on a mountainside 2,000 years ago, knowing what you had taught them, trying to let go of what they thought they knew, and trying to understand that you had the ability to do what looked impossible to them. Lord, for these graduates, for some of them, things in their future look impossible, and yet you have the ability to do more in them than they can ever dream. So give us all the courage to position ourselves in humility and obedience to be right where you want us to be so that we can be the people you made us to be. For it's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.